Does anyone else need a cocktail? I am on the inside like, oh my god. And you are, you are just an A-plus host. <laughs> I tell people. It was something like mother of alcohol, breaker of hearts. <laughs> I only drink hard alcohol when I have time to contemplate my entire existence, you know? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Contemplation. As always, I am your host, Stephanie. And today, I am joined by my lovely friend, Riley Allison. Hi. (laughs) So Riley is one of the founders and the executive director of Carly's Angels, which is an organization that's based out of Toronto and comes from Riley's sister, Carly, and her battle with an extremely rare form of cancer called clear cell scarcoma for perspective it's so rare that i believe carly was the second person ever diagnosed with it is that correct yeah which is literally insane what's the statistic she was like one in 3.5 billion or something yeah that is the statistic one in 3.5 billion good job great research i did my research um so you might actually be familiar with carly allison's story because during her battle with cancer, she re- received an abundance of like social media attention because of the rarity of it and just like her being Carly. And so she sang the national anthem at the Leafs games a couple times. So she was like very well known in Toronto. She was on Kiss 92.5 or something, I think at one she point. She sure was. Yeah, with Adam Wilde. Um, Selena Gomez tweeted her once and hillary duff hillary duff did too i didn't know that one yeah. selena was so sick i love selena gomez also also hillary duff. that was major that yeah. was yeah she couldn't even believe it when that happened it yeah. i still can't that was nuts and most notably there was actually a feature film made about carly called kiss and cry which received like global attention for her story and everything that she went through and ultimately has led to a lot of people admiring her legacy as a whole. Well, the movie gave Carly's story, like it already had so much reach, but the movie gave her this like international reach after she had passed, but her story went global and people obviously were inspired by it in Toronto. And then when her story went on Netflix, basically all these people all over the world were inspired by her. They yeah. loved the way that she dealt with adversity and it didn't matter if they had cancer or a broken leg or whatever it was. They loved to connect with the way that she dealt with adversity. She also has a book that was written in Carly's honor after she passed away in 2015, which is also available on the Carly's Angels website. But first and foremost, we should address the cocktail that we both have. Oh yes, that's a good one. <laughs> Fitch and Leeds sent Riley and I a cocktail kit so we could drink the same one from afar. It doesn't really have a name. I was looking up the recipe today. And mm-hmm. so it's got gin. And this week we use Ungava gin. Please correct me if I mispronounce that. I've never said it out loud before. But it's a Canadian gin that's yellow. Uh, you can buy it at the LCBO if you're in Ontario. And it's Canadian, so I'm pretty sure you can get it at any liquor store across Canada. Um, I've definitely seen it at the LCBO, which was really cool when I opened the box. Yeah. Um, And then there's orange juice and my favorite tonic, which is the pink tonic and pomegranate seeds. I didn't put in my orange peel because it was my cup was too small. So it was going to get in the way a little bit, (laughs) but it kind of a little bit in. (laughs) Pulling the pomegranate out of the pomegranate was quite a fun task. (laughs) It's so tedious. It's the worst. Well, I got like pomegranate in my eyeball, but 
it was still worth it. I ate a bunch of pomegranate seeds before I put it in the drink and it's delicious. So the cocktail, it doesn't really have a name, but you can find the recipe on fitchleads.com. It also, I really wanted to make us a blue cocktail because I know that her favorite color was blue, but I couldn't find anything that wasn't like sourpuss or something like that that I was like I don't really want to drink <laughs> that. back to when I was in second year of university <laughs> yeah I was like I don't think that that needs to happen on the podcast so we'll, we'll drink something nicer than that so Riley why don't you kind of in your own words tell us a little bit about the mission or like the goals of what Carly's Angels encompasses sure so um, as you said, and I'm sure anyone who's seen Kiss and Cry knows that Carly's cancer was extremely rare. So with a really rare cancer comes like a very uncertain diagnosis plan, basically. And the doctors don't really have a clear idea of what they're going to do. They have ideas, but it's not concrete. Like, you know, you take chemo radiation and surgery and then you're cured. So between Carly's amazing doctors in Toronto and my parents kind of researching, they came up with a combination of in-hospital treatments and out-of-hospital treatments that would be considered like complementary. Um, and they put together kind of a plan with a naturopath, um, some nutritionists, uh, Reiki specialist, and then the in-hospital treatments like chemo radiation and surgery. And they came up with this, for lack of a better word, cocktail for Carly. And, um, and it worked well. Like it, Obviously, as everyone knows, it it didn't save her life, but it definitely extended her life and it made her life more manageable while she was still around. Like, as many people unfortunately know, um, the cancer prognosis when, you know, they figure they can't do a whole lot more for you, it goes downhill, but it's slow. You know, your loved one's in pain for so long and they don't live a quality of life and they don't like... You know, they don't get to do the things that they wanted to do. So Carly was able to live her life to the fullest ish, of course, while um, battling her cancer. But those treatments we felt were invaluable. And so basically with Carly's Angels, we realized a couple of things when we were dealing with Carly's diagnosis that those weren't available in hospital. You had to pay for them out of pocket. And then my parents somehow had to figure out how to determine whether the treatment from the hospital and the treatment from the naturopath were going to work together. And like, if she could take them together and just on their job, they didn't go to school for that. So those are the kinds of things, those three pillars basically are what Carly's Angels works to fix. So basically we fund integrative cancer care projects, which brings both of those kinds of treatments, the, what would be considered in hospital treatments and then out of hospital or complementary care in hospitals together Um, for the patients to receive while they're there. So basically that's what we do at Carly's Angels. And we've recently funded a uh, fellowship at Sick Kids for $150,000, which is like a crazy amount of money to even be able to give away. Um, And it provides mental health, mindfulness and nutritional support for cancer patients and their families, which is wild. And the program actually was deemed essential uh, a couple months ago, and the hospital has decided to carry it on themselves, which doesn't happen very often. Like generally they ask for philanthropic support continuously, but they realized how important it was. And obviously it's important. Everybody knows mental health is important in your daily lives. Self-care is important. Nutrition is important. Exercise is important. But for some reason, when you're diagnosed with cancer, that goes out the window. So, um, the hospitals and the medical world is really starting to put those kinds of things together and catch up to the way that people want to be treated. And we're, we're here to fund it and make that happen. 
in Carly's honor. The growth of Carly's Angels has been incredible since it started because it originally was the biking team, right? For the ride to conquer yeah. cancer. That was how it is. Not, not many people know that. That's like a very fun fact about Carly's Angels is that the name for Carly's Angels actually came from Carly naming her ride to conquer cancer team when she was around um, the Carly's Angels, which was very cute in our, yeah. And so then when she decided to start the foundation, we named it Carly's Angels. She was around when that happened as well, but yeah. Yes. I, I seriously why. don't think anybody, I've been asked a lot of questions in my life and I don't think anybody has ever brought that up. I love that. Oh yeah. Well, it's her ride to conquer cancer cycling team is still called Carly's Angels. Yeah. And the color, if you're not familiar, is, is it called powder blue? Is it a different name? It's actually, we call it Carly blue. Like there's an actual oh. like code now that we have for it, oh. but the closest color to it that like exists in the real world is called um, Grandma's Sweater by Benjamin that's, Moore. That's so cute. Yeah. So when we painted our office for the very first time, we didn't want to mix our own color because that's crazy expensive and we have to be cautious with our donor dollars, obviously. So mm -hmm. we went with Grandma's Sweater. So it's like a very light, like kind of sky, periwinkle-esque blue. It's really beautiful. And it's like all your branding is done in that color. Like if you follow them on Instagram, which is at Carly's Angels, like it's there. It's it's all the branding is in it. The fonts, everything is all this like beautiful Carly blue. I didn't know it was called that. That's so nice. Yeah. I mean, it took us a really long time to determine. You would have died when Jenny and I were determining what Carly blue was. We must have gone through hundreds of color swatches. Of, this one's a little too green. This one's a little too white. Like trying to do her justice. That was her favorite color. We want to make sure it's correct. Yeah, 100%. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jenny is another member of the Carly's Angels executive team. She's technically the director of strategy, but literally everything I do, I ask her about first. <laughs> so and we take Carly's Angels on together. Oh, that's beautiful. And Riley and Jenny are like best friends in real life and have been for a very long time. It's a very long time. Yeah. I went to camp with the Allisons and the Reddicks, which is Jenny's family, like a long time ago and they were best friends then so like I'm 25 now when do you stop going to camp like 16 <laughs> like, I met Jenny and we met Lindsay when we were ooh, like 11 and 13 or 10 and 12 or something ridiculous so little uh there's another Allison sister named Sammy who's a few years younger or does she just go by Sam now she's still Sammy she actually totally goes by Sammy she has a real adult job she graduated university and she asked her boss to call her Sammy <laughs> She actually works at Sick Kids, which is kind of amazing. Oh, really? That is amazing. Yeah. Carly's diagnosis lasted about two years. Was that? I think. The first time she was, the first bottle, yeah, was about a year. And then she had a couple months of remission. And then um, I guess maybe it was less than eight months later, she was re-diagnosed. Yeah. So the whole span of her cancer journey was about three years. Gotcha. So within that three years, something that you should know about Carly's cancer, if you're not familiar, was she had what's called a trach, which is like when her windpipe was being blocked. And then later on, she was diagnosed with lung cancer, double lung cancer, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she was renowned for her singing. So despite like literally life throwing her the hardest curveball possible, she was singing through this entire thing which is part of what brought this huge media attention towards her was because how successful and how talented she was and how able she was to continue doing this 
act that she loves so much, despite literally the world's biggest roadblock possible. Yeah. She knew when she had the trach, um, when she was first diagnosed, they just, I mean, this sounds really not dramatic. They like poke a hole, right? You say like in your trachea so that she can breathe, but nothing changed. So she was able to still sing at like the octaves, I guess that she was used to. And then the night before her surgery, she stayed up almost all night playing on the piano and recording songs because when they removed her tumor, they had to shorten her windpipe because they took so much out in her neck that they were lowering her voice box. So she wouldn't be able to have the range that she used to have, which to somebody who like spends her whole life singing, like, you know, did audition videos for Canada's Got Talent and so many other things. That was like a major moment for her. And she was still able to sing afterwards, which was insane. Yeah. She even sang at the Toronto Maple Leafs when she had double lung cancer. Like, yep. This girl she was grew up before so- and after getting on the ice. Yeah. She was so sick when she sang that night, but oh she didn't God. sound like it. No. She's one tough cookie. Yeah. I was going to say this girl's resilience was literally so ad- admirable. Like it's, she was insane. But as much as like we could literally talk about Carly forever, because <laughs> there's so much that she was ma- she managed to accomplish in her 19 years. I actually really want to talk to you. I would love to hear about your path and how you found yourself on it, because you've been you've accomplished so much through like the wake of losing Carly and being able to focus on bringing her life into a legacy that's and I just want to hear about like how you ended up there like how much you have been able to accomplish through the wake of Carly's story is something that I'm really curious to hear about well thank you first of all that was very nice I don't generally get asked those kinds of questions but recently I was And again, you can ask Jenny about it. I was very nervous. I was asked to speak at the Western Women in Leadership, um, a kind of conference day, and I was the keynote. So I had to speak for 45 minutes. I was like, what am I going to tell these people? And I had to tell my story. And I had never really chronologically gone through my story because I kind of just kept my head down and started from wherever I was and did whatever I needed to do in that moment. But after I did have some time to reflect, I can, I can sort of share, but the first piece is the most important is that like Car and I were unbelievably close. We always were. She was like, she skated and competed and we did all these sports and she always did it at the same level as me so that we could do it together, which means that like, she was crazy talented for her age when she was able to do things that the older kids were doing. So when she knew she was really sick, Um, she said it to me a couple of times, but that she really was scared that her story would become a tragedy. And I promised her it wouldn't. And that was a tough moment for me because I, I, I knew I could promise her anything, but I had no idea how to carry out that promise or carry out that promise with not like destroying what was left of like me and our family and whatever, like in the process, because, you know, talking about your sister who passed every day is not an easy topic. But at the same time, when you talk about her often, it keeps her present. So it's like this fine line between doing damage, I guess, to myself and making sure that her legacy is carried on forever and also like healing for me. So basically when Carly passed, I was in fourth year university. So I 
figured out how to finish university. My professors were all really kind to me. And I took six months off. We went away for a month, but we took six months off school. We went on a trip and it was nice to just like get away and not do anything. And then I came back and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I knew at that point in time, Carly's Angels was a functioning organization. We were having fundraisers. Steph was our MC, totally normal. And I knew at that point in time, I wasn't ready to dive into Carly's Angels full-time. And I actually, I look back on it now and realize that that was like some pretty good self-awareness at the time because I couldn't do it. And I did Carly's Angels from like five to nine, not nine to five. So I did a master's program at U of T, a collaboration program um, with sick kids. It was research in um, nutrition. And so that's what I did from nine to five. It was like the structure I needed. It was, there was collaboration with colleagues. I got to talk to people on a daily basis. It was like more of a normal life for me. So I did that. And then I did Carly's Angels five to nine. And as most, you know, of these kinds of stories go like the five to nine seeps into the nine to five and Carly's angels became more work and more work that I wanted to do. I found myself like writing my thesis and being like, I would be way happier right now if I was like recruiting sponsors for our fundraiser, or if I was, you know, reworking our mission statement or whatever it may be. So by the end of my master's, I was like, just keeping it together. And I knew that the second I was done my master's, I was 20, three at that time or 24. And I was like, okay, now I will start Carly's Angels full-time. So at that point in time, I had a good understanding of like the healthcare system from our experiences, from research perspective, I felt a bit better armed to deal with Carly's Angels. I had some time to heal, um, from the trauma, not that it gets much easier. We, We talk about it as like this boulder, this hole that you don't ever get through. You just like get around, you go around it. And then we were ready to do Carly's Angels. And I am beyond lucky for the friends in my life who have become colleagues, who have become sponsors and donors and volunteers. Like Carly's Angels was built by Carly's friends and family from the ground up. And thanks to those people and shout out to Jenny (laughs) um, sticking with us from day one, Um, we were able to build Carly's Angels into an organization that like pays people and has fundraisers and sells clothing and jewelry online. It's, it's wild to me to think that we have raised a million dollars and got to that kind of milestone. But um, when you look back on it, it, it makes sense. I mean, there were so many people behind Carly's legacy and we just, we needed some time to put it together and, once we did, and once I was able to, um, everyone was ready. Everyone was just waiting and ready for the moment that I was able to kind of put in my nine to five to Carly's Angels. And it's far more than nine to five. <laughs> I love that you were able to take space for yourself, though. I feel like resting is something that's really important, but not really recognized as normal in the world sometimes. You've been able to do something incredible with it. And like, I personally have Carly's Angels jewelry and would really recommend buying some because all of the proceeds goes back into the foundation and it's beautiful. And they're all like hand stamped, right? You started making them, wasn't it? Your family? They're not all hand stamped anymore, but the ones that are precious metals, so like 100% sterling silver and then gold filled, those are um, hand stamped by me in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> when you initially started with Carly's Angels, Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it 
a foundation that was built around um, providing funds to families who were dealing with cancer for things that they needed, whether that was like a family trip or like holistic care. That was like where the mission statement kind of stemmed from. Yeah. And actually to this date, because the movie was made like a year and a half after Carly passed, our very original mission statement is at the end of the movie where we were hoping to give bursaries directly to families who were battling cancer so that we could bridge the gap between the treatments that they wanted to seek outside of the hospital um, and like them having to pay for it. We ended up obviously um, having many conversations about that. We found out that that was illegal. You're not allowed to do that. Surprising and sad. Yeah. So we had to kind of figure out what we wanted to do that was going to still solve the problems that we wanted to solve, but would be done, um, I guess, legally, but also make an impact. And we spoke to quite a few different people. And so we remade our mission, um, uniting traditional and holistic cancer care in hospitals, which is actually um, the definition of integrative cancer care. And very recently, we have decided that that mission may not serve us um, anymore because we have taken a lot of time to learn and unlearn kind of our inherent biases to know that holistic to me and maybe to you and to other people who grew up the way that we did um, means traditional to somebody else. So our definition could very well be backwards. For example, like an indigenous community member, their traditional medicine is what I would call holistic and vice versa. So we are in the process of reworking our mission, integrative cancer care, bringing all kinds of cancer care in hospitals to where patients are, are at is exactly what we will continue to do, but we need to make sure that um, the mission encompasses that and it's culturally sensitive and that the programs that we're providing are equitable and accessible to patients um, who may not know how to access them or may not know that they exist or may not even get through the door because of all the other barriers in their way before they're diagnosed. Yeah. I had no idea that the bursary thing was illegal. That's kind of crazy, but I guess it probably makes sense somewhere outside of my brain. (laughs) When I wrote down the timeline of how things happened and how the evolution happened, that's a big pivotal moment for us. We were like, okay, we need to stop and think about it because we had raised a fair bit of money by that point in time. And we wanted to give it away. And we were told time and time again, that you can't do it. And we're like, this seems crazy, but (laughs) it was truly illegal. Is it true that you guys have raised a million dollars? It's so true. We raised a million dollars in September and it was a wild moment. It was one of those things that we wanted to share with everybody, but we had no event, no venue, and we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So we called people and got (laughs) another person in their house to film them, to tell them that we had raised a million dollars. There's a video on our Instagram. It's very cute. It was a major moment for us and we're trucking along well on our way to our second million. (laughs) Moving away from the mission statement of Carly's Angels, which is obviously very important. If you guys want to learn more about what they do, how they do it, you can go to carlysangels.com and all the information is there. There's also information on Riley and the team that works for Carly's Angels and about the girl herself, the angel herself. I want to chat a little bit about the movie because how wild is it that that there's a literal movie made about your sister? Yeah, it's still pretty wild. I mean, I have seen it so many times. We went across Canada to all these different screenings. So I think the shock value of it kind of has a little bit, a little bit worn (laughs) off, but what doesn't is the constant amount of like DMs, um, Facebook messages and emails. Like I got one this afternoon and I, I still can't believe it. Like we're five years after the movie has been released 
And today I got an email from someone who had just seen Kiss and Cry, figured out how to Google Carly's Angels, went onto our website, hit contact us and wanted to tell us how Carly's story had inspired them. And they're from Brazil. Wow. Literally right. global. And, um, this is no joke. I could show you my phone. I couldn't believe it. I was standing outside playing with my dog. And I was like, are you joking? Like again, it's, it's amazing. Like that. I will never, I pinch myself every time that happens. Yeah. Well, the movie's on Netflix now. I watched it when I was in Australia, mostly just like, I was like, Oh my God. And then I ended <laughs> up watching it, but it's like such a beautiful tribute to Carly. And it's played by one of her best friends, Sarah, who was on the Canadian soap opera-esque show called Degrassi there's a character who plays Riley in it like she has a little Mm -hmm. doppelganger and their other sister Sam Sammy I should say can I ask some questions about the movie versus real life yeah okay yes absolutely oh my god those are everybody's favorite like Instagram things that we do it's a it's like a great line of questioning I mean like it's so fun to learn about what's actually real and a lot of it is oh my god the scene where Sarah comes out and sings the national anthem I was like whoa this is wild because she wore the same clothes and everything was it was it actually Carly's clothes yeah we had Mm -hmm. them like dry cleaned and obviously like kept safe in her closet and they asked for the movie if she could wear them and she wore the exact same clothes oh my god down to the hair bow and gloves yeah it was nuts there's a pivotal scene where Carly's getting ready for prom and I know in the movie Sarah like remakes the dress right before prom mm-hmm. did that actually happen because I remember <laughs> I remember Carly's dress being gray but <laughs> yeah so it's like sort of true the concept is true Carly did buy a dress which by the way Sammy ended up wearing to her prom it was this oh. beautiful silver beaded dress yeah and it was one shoulder so it obviously didn't cover her neck and she was supposed to have surgery before prom so she wouldn't have her trach but Things got pushed around and she had her trach for prom. So my mom and Carly went to a seamstress and a woman actually made her a dress that was also silver that had a neck collar for her trach and this like cute little arm thing to go over top of her pick line so that nothing was visible, but she was also like safe in case people bumped into her. Mm. But she didn't do it herself, but somebody did make a dress for Carly. Didn't Sammy wear that dress to the premiere as well? of kissing she did yeah she wore it to her prom and she wore it to the premiere it like fits her perfectly it's amazing the other thing about john weren't carly and uh, john really good friends before they started dating because in the movie they like meet at the beginning and there's that cute scene where sarah and luke are flirting and it's adorable yeah that is fiction for sure they were (laughs) i would they were close to be like bestish friends like as bestish friends boys and girls can be at that age without like sort of knowing that they wanted to date but yeah they were really close um when Carly first moved to the school in grade 10. Do you have a favorite scene from the movie? Mm, I personally love all the skating scenes. Sarah did so much work to be able she didn't do all the skating but she did a lot of the intros and outros and like they filmed at the rinks that Carly skated at and competed at. So for me, like seeing the behind the scenes and then what actually was presented to the world, uh, those are definitely my favorite. For those of you who don't know, Riley was a competitive skater for a very long time along with her sister. So when she was talking about like sports that Carly would do age up, because Riley, were you two years older than Carly? Mm -hmm. Two? She was like, not just like at my level, like for age, she was like way better than me (laughs) skating. 
<laughs> talented little thing. The other thing that's really great about the movie is that they filmed all a lot of the scenes like at your actual family home. Driveway, bedrooms, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Each actress woke up in our like woke up in scenes in my bed and Sammy's bed and my parents' bed. That was weird. Like <laughs> to see that is weird. But I mean, it made for accurate storytelling. So I, I'm for it, obviously. <laughs> There's this one photo that I think Sammy posted where you and both of your doppelgangers are sitting on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'll, I'll post it on my Instagram story when this podcast comes out. Cause like, it's kind of spooky. <laughs> like, it's guys- weird. It's like super blurry. So you can't like get a lot of definition, but yes, each set looks identical. It's weird. Can I ask you about the scene where John brings Carly, the giant teddy bear? Yes. <laughs> hey, you so- want to know if that's real? It is real, isn't it? It sure is. Okay. <laughs> Wait, can you tell us about it? Can you tell us what happened in real life? The story in real life is fantastic, and John will tell it better than anybody does. But long story short, John did buy um, Charles, is what he called the panda. And the panda that they used in the movie was also the panda that John gave Carly in real life, like same panda. Aww. But in real life, John went to the wrong hospital with the panda. And went up the elevator and down the elevator. He had people asking him stopping to take pictures with him because it was a cool thing. And he finally, I think he must've called my dad or texted my dad. And like, he was at the room and like, we weren't there. And my dad was like, well, what hospital are you in? And he was across the street at Mount Sinai and we were at Princess Margaret. And so he had to then take the elevator again, <laughs> walk across University Avenue and take an elevator up with a six foot panda. This panda is giant, you guys. If you haven't seen yeah. the movie, like it's six bigger feet. than John. Yeah, six feet is not an underestimation. It was amazing. <laughs> Carly probably loved it. She did. She loved it. You guys probably loved it too. I thought it was comfier than the hospital chairs to sit on. <laughs> and then the other thing that she got during her cancer treatment was Toby. Toby Bella, mm-hmm. her puppy, which is a Pomeranian Husky. And she's also in the movie, like I mentioned. And she is literally the fluffiest little cutest thing ever. Can you tell us a little bit about how, why Toby came into fruition? What happened with that? Nobody knows why Toby came into fruition. Nobody agreed to get a dog. (laughs) Carly said she wanted to get a dog. Everyone was like, that's crazy. You're not getting a dog. Like you're very sick. Like we need to take care of you, not a puppy. And one day a puppy arrived. Carly bought her online. (laughs) Without even telling anyone? Yes, that's a true story. She bought her online with a credit card and she was put on an airplane and she arrived at Pearson. Carly and John went to go pick her up. That's the real story. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, it's amazing. I actually, to this day, cannot believe she did it. Like, I mean, she told everyone she wanted a dog. She was getting a dog and everyone was like, yeah, that's not happening. And then she just did it. (laughs) True Carly fashion. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? Yes, it's called Always Smile, Carly Allison's Secrets to Laughing, Loving, and Living. And as you mentioned at the beginning, it's uh, it was released after she had passed the same as the movie, but it included one of the things that like got her story super well-known, it, her blog. So she wrote over 200 blog posts during her cancer journey, kind of keeping people up to date on what she was going through, but she always figured out a way to tie in something positive into every single blog post, whether it was like someone brought her chocolates today or she had really great results from her CT scan, big, small, whatever it was, there was always something positive in her blog posts, which is why she called it always smile, like always find a reason to smile. So when the conversation started about um, having a book, 
come out, um, they decided to basically follow the chronological kind of order of her blog. But instead of telling every story from Carly's perspective, they took blog posts out that aren't actually in the book and replaced them with people in Carly's life recounting the story. So like me, my mom, Sammy, Carly's friends, Jill, Denzel, Lindsay, John, Carly's skating coach, our childhood babysitter. There's like this whole collection of people's recollections of moments in Carly's life and her journey that she talks about from her own words. And then somebody else talks about from a different perspective. Can I ask how the book came to be? Yeah. So Sean, who is the director of the movie, was in contact um, with the publishers at KCP Loft. And I guess, I don't really know. I'm sure somebody had a conversation at some point and was like, this, this needs to be a book. And so Sean started the conversation with the director of the movie and then brought us in. And they obviously, as everybody does, fell in love with the story and wanted to get it done. It's a faster read because it's done in her blog post and like yeah. pieces in between are like snippets, but there's good like life lessons. It's very, it's motivating, yeah. especially for these times. Oh yeah. <laughs> Giving everyone a little bit of perspective, right? The only thing I can read is motivating things. I just read a self-help book like yeah, <laughs> called The Gift, literally like last week. I read oh it in like gosh. a day and a half. It's a great book. It's very beautiful. It's sign of the times. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Okay. So if you want to find uh, either the book or the film, film is on Netflix, but you can also, like I said, was talking about going to carlysangels.com and you can find it there. There's also a lot more stuff than just the book and the movie, apparel, t-shirts, sweaters scrunchies which... home goods candles all of it oh yeah you guys do have a candle line now yeah i need to get something just one candle but we have a we have a home good line now there's like four products it was oh. a little test and it went really well so there'll be more i love that also Thanks. i've talked about supporting local many times on this podcast and they are based in the gta so if you want to support local that's a good place to start is it 100 percent of the proceeds go back towards carly's angels Everything that we raise goes directly to our mission. As executive director, what exactly is your role most presently at Carly's Angels? Like, how would you describe it? That's a great question. So I, well, I oversee everything and we have different people who do different things. So like I oversee retail, but my friend Zoe like comes up with all the products and then we have meetings and talk about um, what we want. And then I then order them. So that's like retail stuff. Um, like overall strategy, Jen and I do that basically three to four times a month. And then we have an exact team that helps with kind of events, uh, again, overall Carly's angels strategy, um, kind of who we want to be that kind of stuff. I answer emails a lot. I carry out, all the fundraising, um, like large donor and individual donor initiatives. Um, I do all the marketing right now, but that is something that we are outsourcing. Woo, so exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats. Like, I mean, I definitely, I do all like the finance stuff. Like we have an investor for our foundation and I talk to him a lot, obviously like do the regular um, finance um, aspect. Like, I mean, I filed our taxes. That was a pretty significant portion <laughs> of my life. <laughs> like those kinds of, I don't even know how to explain what I do. I do a lot of the things that require the foundation to run, but, um, if there's a project or a section of the business, 
um, there's usually somebody else there who I either collaborate with or who kind of drives the bus. And I do like, I pay all the bills or I order the products or source the products or whatever it is. But 90% of it is a collaboration with somebody else in a different aspect. But I'm like, I'm like the mother center. <laughs> <laughs> Executive director, literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot, but it's, um, it's very rewarding and it's meaningful. So I'm like happy to wake up and do my job every day. I wish I could like write you a better job description of what I do, but like all the things I need to write myself a job description That's <laughs> on my list. Sorry. My Siri heard me say, make a list and is trying to make a list for me. <laughs> That's okay. I use the break as a, to take a sip of my gin drink. That's really good. Do you like it? It's delish. I like the little bits of pomegranate, but I can't get them through the straw. So yeah, the have straw's, to ditch the straw. The straw is a little inconvenient. There was another one that I had that had like passion fruit seeds in it. And Ooh. like, I couldn't get them through the straw either. I had to just throw it back. Like that scene in Bridesmaids. <laughs> I literally watched that two nights ago. Such a good, good movie. movie. Such a good movie. It is. Okay. Okay. If there was one thing that you wanted someone to take away from this podcast about Carly's Angels, what would it be? Well, it's that what you do on a daily basis and in your daily life um, that you deem is important for your wellness should also be important in your cancer journey. And that's kind of the premise of what we're after at Carly St. Angels. For anyone sure that patients are treated the way that they need to be treated with their whole body, mind, um, and soul, quite frankly, taken care of. Because if you're lucky enough to come out the other side, you want to be whole and cancer care as it stands today doesn't do an excellent job at that. And we're here to change that because people deserve better. So if uh, anyone wants to take anything away, it's that that's what we're trying to accomplish. And that's a really, really big goal and we need your help. <laughs> um, if there was one thing you wanted listeners to know about Carly, like something that you could share about her, what would you share? I like explaining a little bit of where her always smile came from to her and like how it's not this kind of, for lack of a better word, like toxic positivity vibe. It's a real genuine, um, find a reason to smile, make you happy, bring you joy in whatever is going on. Not, not for the purpose of doing that, but because like, that's how you want to live your life. And she kind of came up with that always smile and like, I don't know, um, when she was younger and she was competing in skating competitions and she tried to do something which is figure skating, which is like technically difficult and makes you really sweaty and it's all very hard to do. And you do it with like a, a little dress and makeup on and you try to make it look easy and graceful. And I think that's how she tackled her cancer journey. And she always tried to put a smile on her face when it was appropriate and make it look easy. And weirdly that made it easier on us. And I think that was kind of the reason that she did it. And I'm not suggesting that cancer patients uh, around the globe should put a smile on their face to make their loved ones feel better, but maybe the opposite. I, maybe if we smiled a bit more or were a bit more positive or, or just simply positive about small things, that would have made her life a bit easier and would make cancer patients' lives a bit easier. Like she talked about it in so many different interviews that it's not about being happy all the time. It's about like knowing that tomorrow could be better and believing that tomorrow could be better. And in that finding just a small reason today to smile. 
Oh, I had one, I had another question. I'm trying to remember what it was now. Oh, the dimes. I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of backstory on the dimes, because I know in the movie they touch on like a little bit of a history, but I wasn't sure if that was the truth of where that came from. So I know that your family really diligently collects these beautiful dimes and like there's a lot of um, emotional attachment to them. And so I was wondering if you could touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so that is a fiction-ish part of the movie. So Carly didn't throw dimes at anybody. We actually heard about the dimes from heaven phenomenon, I guess is what you would call it. Um, After Carly had passed, I was taking an exam. I think, like I mentioned earlier, my professors were really kind, obviously, to me during that time. So I was able to take an exam in my professor's office. And when I was there, she was being very gentle with me, but had asked me if I had found any dimes. And I, I didn't really know how to answer her. And she then basically explained that when people pass, um, you start finding dimes. And she gave me um, some pretty insane examples. And I was like, this woman's crazy. Like, (laughs) this isn't true. Like, what are you talking about? And no joke, I went home. And the next morning I woke up, I was writing my final exam. And on my way down the stairs, I found two dimes. Two. One on the stairs and one right beside my shoe. And I was like, okay, all right. I believe you. This is real. And I went home to my like family the next day and I told them about it. And ever since we've been finding dimes in the strangest places at the strangest moments. And it's like, it's not like, oh, there's a dime on the sidewalk. It's like you're sitting on a chair and then you get up and then you come back and then there's a dime on the chair. Like it's not normal stuff. Yeah. The story sticks out in my mind. Correct me if I'm wrong. You and Taylor have the same birthday, right? Yes, this is the exact same story I was thinking about. Go ahead. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is amazing I, well, that you I remember like, this. <laughs> I, I've been following along for years. I think you guys yeah. do great work. I feel Thank like a you. creep now. I'm saying all this stuff. I'm like, it's okay. The gin is relaxing me, so it's fine. That's great. <laughs> so Riley and her fiance Taylor have the same birthday, I, I think. she just told me yes so I don't know why I said I think um and there was one year that you guys found a dime on your birthdays with your birth year or something like that but can you tell the story because I'm not doing it justice I just remember your dad did an interview or something that's pretty much it I mean it was like pretty straightforward Taylor's parents came to my parents place for dinner and Michelle Taylor's mom had set out clothes that she like always does for her husband, Rob. And she pulled out pants that she hadn't pulled out in like years. And I guess he reached into his pocket cause he was like nervous, wasn't sure whose hand to shake. I'm not sure. And he put his hand <laughs> in his pocket and out comes a dime. And then Michelle right off the bat said, check the year. Like none of us were thinking to check the year. We're like, Oh my God, a dime that's beautiful. And it said and it was 1993. And that's the year we were born. It gives me the chills. Yeah, it's nuts. And like she just washed them and she put them away and obviously there was no money in them and then money appears, but just one money. It's never a nickel or a quarter or anything else. It's a dime. Always. Yeah. It's actually insane. Like, do you ever just like get the heebie-jeebies from like finding them in such strange ways? Oh yeah. It used to really, I used to really freak my mom out. Me too, to some extent, but we're getting used to it now. It's, it's comforting. It's like, you kind of expect to find it like Carly's angels events, a volunteer calls us over and there's a dime, like on the middle of the turf, you know, like those kinds of things. Um, is there anything that you want to add about 
Carly's Angels, uh, educate people on what you guys do, how to find you. The best way to connect with us is to sign up for our newsletter. You get the most important pieces of information at like appropriate intervals. Like we only email people like once every week, two weeks max. But other than that, um, if you're interested in what we're up to, check us out. I'll definitely post um, Carly's Angels Instagram and I'll tag Riley and all the promotion that'll come after this podcast. So if you want to find them, you can always go to my Instagram, which is cocktails and contemplation. There's an N, not an and, but I'm sure you guys know that because I say that every time. And it's at Carly's Angels. It's C-A-R-L-E-Y. That's how you spell Carly because I know there's a few different ways. We've recently purchased the other domains that like confuse people. They used to be um, strip clubs in the United States. So now we have the domains. <laughs> so even if you type Carly incorrectly in the browser, it'll still come up just in case you're curious. You won't get di- directed to a strip club, hopefully. No, unfortunately, they went out of business during COVID. Oh, so we no. purchased their domains. Yeah, I know. Shame. Okay, there's a little ending segment to my podcast, Riley. Do you want to play? It's a game. Okay. It's called Wed Bed Behead. I'm going to do a Saddlewood inspired one and I'm going to go country music artist. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So you're going to wed bed behead Keith Urban, Luke Bryan, and Tim McGraw. Where are you going to go? Keith Urban, wed. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. Tim McGraw, behead. And Luke Bryan, bed. I'm really torn between wedding Keith or Luke but I think I have to wed Luke because he was he was just like my first love in country music you know <laughs> he's also so pretty it helps. he is so I met him one time what I That's know amazing. it was awesome I love him so I'm gonna marry Luke and I'll bed Keith and I, I, I have to kill Tim I feel like he was a bit of a rogue choice I should have done like Hunter Hayes or something <gasps> Sam Hunt <gasps> okay I'm doing another Sam one I'm doing another. No! I'm doing another one okay I don't know what to do okay Sam That's Hunt Hunter Hayes and Dan from Dan and Shay. Okay, we marry Dan from Dan and Shay. He's written all the wedding songs. That's easy. He's so cute. I love him. Yeah. You bed Sam Hunt because Sam Hunt. And then you have to kill Hunter Hayes. I'm sorry. Or sorry, behead. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, I don't know if I could kill Hunter though because I can't think about it too hard. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I think I'm going to marry Dan as well. I, I totally agree with the wedding song thing. I totally, uh, yeah. And then I'm going to, I'm going to bed Hunter and I'm going to kill Sam. I'm not happy about it. I, have to I really it. love Sam Hunt. I love oh, Sam Hunt sorry. too. Can you hear my dog? A little bit, but that's fine. It's just sorry. a dog. It's not going to alarm anyone. Baby Colin. You can look up Colin. He's on Riley's Instagram. He's very cute. Yeah, he's cute. This just makes me want boots and hearts. Oh my God. That's okay. Summer's coming and we can listen to all the country music we want. Totally. It'll be perfect. (laughs) With cocktails in our hands. Yeah. I hope you liked the, um, the cocktail of the evening. I want to. It was so nice. Such a fun treat. It was. I also, Riley said that she wanted wine and I was like, I'm sorry, I I have to make a cocktail. And so this one was like kind of close to sangria. (laughs) I was like trying to get, trying to do something a little bit different. And If you guys want to try it, you can find the recipe at fitchleads.com. If you want to find out more about Carly's story, about Riley's story, you can go to carlysangels.com. That's C-A-R-L-E-Y. And they're also on Instagram, which I'll be tagging them on all these posts and promoting them as well. Uh, If you want to try the tonic, which I 
brag about all the time. You can get 25% off if you use my promo code, cocktails25. It's really good. I promise you won't be disappointed. And if you're in Toronto, you can get free shipping right now, which is like valued at $20. So I don't know what you're waiting for. It's getting hot. May 2-4 is coming up. You should probably try this delicious pink tonics. There's a grapefruit, a rose, and just a regular one. Delish. I'm looking forward to using my other ones. Oh my gosh. Let me know what you think. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was so nice to catch up with you. It was nice to catch up with you too. Thank you. Yeah. So always remember to drink and contemplate responsibly. And thank you for listening. And I hope you guys enjoyed my chat with Riley today. Bye.